Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Welcome to the Terror Dome. <laughs> Welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. For those of you who know this Iron Maiden song, it's really two different roles. This vocal, talking about the natives. We gave him hell. The natives fighting the white man, the okay. conqueror. Now it switches to the white man's perspective. So, I wish I could sing like that. It's just an interesting, like, take an interesting part of history and dramatize it into, like, a heavy metal song. That's really all Megan's doing, but... Okay. Uh, I realize, as we got the news today, Elizabeth Warren took a DNA test, and her results are something like, I don't know, anywhere from 132nd Native American to, like... One one thousand and twenty fourth, either six to ten generations, something like I, I, that. I was getting ready to say, like that's like six to eight generations back. You know, she had a Native American cousin that was in there somewhere. <laughs> and it's just, it, yeah. So essentially, Elizabeth Warren could sing both parts of this song. Oh, of course, of course. Like ninety eight percent of her would be slaying the women and children, Redskins. And the other, you know, 2% being generous will be like running away and fighting the white man and giving him hell. It's so stupid. But in a minute, a lot of it, I I find it interesting because in a minute, I think a lot of this race stuff is not really even going to matter. Because like Ancestry.com and stuff like that is proving that everybody's got a little bit of everything in them. Exactly. If everybody's DNA got tested, it would just... Okay, you're a certain percentage of this. Like, nobody is purely just one thing anymore. Well, we have a a quote from the Cherokee Nation. Quote, a DNA test is useless to determine tribal citizenship. Current DNA tests do not even distinguish whether a person's ancestors were indigenous to North or South America. 
Hmm. Sovereign tribal nations set their own legal requirements for citizenship, and while DNA tests can be used to determine lineage, such as paternity to an individual, it is not evidence for tribal affiliation. Using a DNA test to lay claim to any connection to the Cherokee Nation or any tribal nation, even vaguely, is inappropriate and wrong. It makes a mockery out of DNA tests and its legitimate uses while also dishonoring legitimate tribal governments and their citizens whose ancestors are well documented and whose heritage is proven. Senator Warren is undermining tribal interests with her continued claims of tribal heritage. This Cherokee Nation Secretary of State, Chuck Hoskins Jr. Well, Man, no, well, well let, let, the let, fact let, that his name is Chuck just cracked me up there. Wait, 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 wait a minute. But <laughs> okay, I, Charles. I, I, I'm, I'm going to sum this up. Basically, what he's saying is you haven't been been one of us for the past twenty some years of your life. Don't come around trying to claim it, claim us now, and trying to get the benefits of the tribe. You know, we have documented people who are down here who are a part of our tribe. You know, we can't even tell what region or what tribe right. you're from. So why even try to claim it unless you're trying to get some type of government benefit or try to play some type of, you know, sympathy card? To get get a certain type of vote or a certain right. type of people to and look now at Warren saying that I never used this claim. I'm not trying to say I'm native or should be part of the Cherokee Nation, and I'm I never use this um, as a, a heritage, this aspect of my heritage. See, but she keeps talking, and this is why Trump keeps bringing it up. Have you seen the clip of where he's like, "Oh, Pocahontas, Pocahontas," and then a female reporter in the back room goes, "That's a." Oh, oh, that's offensive, calling her Pocahontas. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, Pocahontas says... <laughs> but, 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 he just doesn't care. But but you know what? And I and I hate to keep going back to this, but forget Obama. Imagine if Bill Clinton would have went on the 8 o'clock news and did something like that. I think Clinton get away with it, man. How charming Clinton was, is? I mean, Clinton, don't get me wrong. Clinton was charming. It's also a different I don't time. Th- I don't think he was that... Because ch- the 90s, we were oh, we yeah. were rigid. We yeah, were rigid. Very in the rigid. We we just came off off Daddy Bush. We were very very rigid, mm-hmm. and I don't think he could have got away with nothing like that. No, and that's what I mean. You got to consider the time. I think social media has made us, in a way, we say more and can get away with more in politics. But then also, people seem to be. It's a weird thing where more is being said. Uh huh. More tax, half of them not even warranted or thrown every which way. And yet because of that, people are now more sensitive to, where it's like, yeah. oh my God. And you know what I think it is? Everybody, in a way, has been empowered to write out whatever they're thinking at any moment. Everybody, you, you, for the most you know part, what? has you Twitter know what? and I, Facebook. I, I agree with you to an extent. What social media has done, it's let you become the own. It's let you become your own storyteller yeah. of your life. Like, I can make my life narrative whatever I want. You know, I could go rent a fancy yeah. car for a day, record a video of me driving it, and people would think that's my life, but it's not. No. No. And well, and, but here's the thing that worries me is a lot of people don't just define their own lives. What they find is I'm upset about something. Oh, here are a thousand other people upset about something. Let's we come can, together. And we can join together, and we can take on that person or that phenomenon or whatever it is that's pissing us off. Sometimes it's really healthy. Look, what was the one I saw today? It was like uh, convenience, 
Carrie. Any, it was a woman at a convenience store in New York City mm-hmm. who said a nine-year-old black kid grabbed her ass. And the kid and the kid's mother were like, no, he didn't. My God, lady. And apparently the convenience store finally like put out a uh, video, the surveillance video. No, the kid did not grab her butt. The kid, if anything, walked behind his backpack, accidentally hit her. And the woman made a big show out of it like, and huh. called the police on this kid. And the police show up. The NYPD shows up. This, this, There's this whole thing. Wait, wait, wait a minute. There's so many things wrong with it. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Scrawny little white let's, woman with no butt at all. Wait, wait a minute. Let's let's just let's rewind. Let's rewind. This year alone, we've had a black kid go to a pool party at, at a friend of his house, mm-hmm. and the next door neighbor looks over there and sees a black kid, two black kids oh, at a pool, and calls the police. Yeah. And the police show up like there's a problem. I I don't know. I don't well, know why. Half the time, I, I'm really not even surprised anymore. Well, and then there was the one that you hear about uh, where a black man is, is babysitting two white kids. And this woman, like, followed them around for a while and then called the police. Oh, yeah. And he's the, like, the, hey. The, then you had the Starbucks incident. Like, okay, I purchased a coffee and we're just waiting for some people that we're going to meet in here. Right. And get the police called on you for loitering. Yeah. I mean, it's like the 40s all over again. The good old days. It's ridiculous. It, it, really- it is. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I I don't know. Stuff like that really doesn't even surprise me anymore. Yeah, I was looking for the, the story exactly uh, about this woman who called the police on the kid who apparently grabbed her butt. But, you know, there was an interesting... Uh, that, well, that's, that's just like... Um, I'm trying to think of the movie... Actually, no, it's a documentary that they made about uh, Black Wall Street, which was the story in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that, you know, white woman lied and said she was assaulted, and they burnt an entire town off the map. Well, and this is what the, uh, I was trying to find the exact quote, but I'll just say it, because I, I pretty much remember it. It's from The Root. It's a pretty progressive, um, focus on race okay. magazine. Uh, the Root. R-O-O-T. And uh, it said, why in this new age, progressives must ask themselves, in this new age of Me Too and fourth wave feminism, how is it that we can believe every woman who accuses somebody uh, of, of wrongdoing, of sexual assault and rape, and yet how do we square that with the history of white women falsely accusing black men? Wow. And I'm like... Well, that's a good question. Yeah. You should square it. But it shows, like, when ideology becomes too rigid, like, believe all women. Now, I, of course, people who say that, I think, are just, it's a sentiment. It's not, obviously, we need to have facts. Now, s- some people take it too literally. No, 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 no because, um, what was it, early 2000s? And it's funny, because I used to watch these reruns of uh, Law & Order, and they would cover stuff like this. Yeah. Like, women who falsely... Accuse guys of things. And just because of the narrative, oh, well, you have a young white woman in a black neighborhood late at night. Hey, it, it, it was a group of them and it was just one of her. You know, and you're more likely to believe her story for some reason. When five other guys are up there like, we didn't touch her. Right. 
Yeah, and again, here's the exact quote. Serious question. How do we square the idea that women don't make false accusations and should be believed with the fact that white women have used false accusations as weapons against black men and black people generally throughout this country's history? What is it, like to kill a mockingbird or something? All of it. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole plot of to kill a mockingbird. That, um, what was it? I want to say Rosewood? The movie Rosewood? Yes. Because it starts off, uh, she says she was raped, which it turns out she was just cheating on her husband with another guy, but he wasn't even a black guy. She just said she was raped so she wouldn't get in trouble. And because of that, they wiped the whole town off the map. Yeah. Just overnight, just started killing everybody. Crazy stuff. And it's, you know, it's a reckoning. It's, it's, I just, sometimes I sit over here going, how can I reckon with history and, and help other people reckon with it without it being a, a personal thing? Because to me, it isn't personal. I like reading, like, that Run to the Hill song. Yeah. I think it's just a badass metal song. But I didn't go and conquer all sorts of other people. I didn't, like, I don't, I don't even know if I'm 2% Native American. Now, now, now. Here's, here's the point, is the, when I really am against, if I'm against anything, collectivism. The idea of collective guilt and collective pride. It has to be both. Because people take pride in things they didn't do just because there's identity involved. And people are, feel guilty for things they didn't necessarily do, but there's identity involved. And people want to, uh, you know, take the pride and throw the guilt at the perceived other. And I think uh, that that really misses the point. And I'm not talking about, like, we've had a common experience and people are talking about that shared mm-hmm. experience, like in the here and now. Yeah. Talking about this idea of, uh, it, to its most absurd point, what Elizabeth Warren could sing both, both verses of Run to the Hills as the conqueror and the conquered. Like, you can have all sorts of different ancestry. And I'm all for m- melting that pot even more. Yeah, of Let's course. melt it together. But, but, but because my, beautiful my, music. Now, now, because my whole thing is, everybody says, oh, well, when are we going to forget about history? Well, here's the thing. We'll forget about history when you stop repeating it. Yeah. Well, and don't forget history. I'm not saying forget. Oh, oh no! Not we should not, not definitely you. learn history. Not, not you, especially people around like Montgomery and the the stigma yeah. around Alabama and the oh, history sure, of the sure. civil rights movement and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm like, well, stop repeating the narrative. I mean, I'm the guy sitting over here. My perspective is like, say some of the Confederate statues downtown. Of course, we should build civil rights statues right next to them, maybe a little taller. That way, within like a a brisk walk, wait, 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 you can wait, see wait, wait, all of history unfolding in front of you. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. But they have, haven't you heard? Mm. Martin Luther King Boulevard and Rosa Parks Boulevard, two of the most unsafest streets in every city, <laughs> even here. I find Ray, that is so, that really a thing? Yes. Like every city where they're named, it's not a safe street. Oh no, it's it's right in the hood, <laughs> and I find it so funny That's when I ironic. found out where Rosa Parks Boulevard was here. Yeah. And I, went, I actually had to uh, go over there and deliver something. I was like, it's oh, no. true. It's actually, the truth. No, I remember when I was a delivery driver at Auburn, MLK Avenue or Boulevard over there is not. It's the middle of nowhere, man. Somewhere that you do not want to be caught that was where after I was, 9 o'clock. As a pizza delivery guy, I'm like, oh, God, I got to drive out there. Look, look, look. You're sitting up there clicking, clicking. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Where it's like there's no lighting on any of the houses, and you're kind of just walking up to somebody's home, hoping, I hope this is the right Exactly. Guys. Yeah. Hoping it ain't a pit bull in the yard that's mm-hmm. going to trap you there. Oh, yeah. Well, but, then, but, but but that's what that's that's the monument. But what, I want to bring back 
this controversy idea that people feel empowered because of social media. That you now have a voice. You can post, at least. Oh, of course. And if you get more people together, you can post and you can get people canceled. And all these things. Oh, well, yeah. Give, giving voice to the people. Right. Isn't giving, that what we say? Giving voice to the people. But I think sometimes it goes... It just becomes... It becomes absurd. Where it's more power play on people's part than actually wanting to hear people out. Like, I brought up the rock. is now He's helping to produce and he wants to star as John Henry. In a new retelling of not just American tall tales and folklore, but ones from cultures around the world. And it'll be like an ensemble cast. Okay. And it's all sorts of different, you know, modern day mythologies. Okay. And he wants to play John Henry. And there's backlash that uh, there's some people are really upset. Some people are more like, no, I got a problem with this. Well, I'm looking at you, Rock. I'm looking at you. Saying that John Henry, it was, he's the man who beat the steam-powered uh, locomotive. Like, remember, I, I remember it from 1995's Tall Tales. Yeah. The Disney Pecos Bill thing. John Henry's the guy who beats the machine nailing down uh, the Dri- iron strike. The, yeah. Uh, spike. The iron spike in, or steel spike in order to, you know, set the dynamite. And he beats the machine. And there's all these, you know, songs from history. People have investigated, was he a real man? But in, like, you know, in that Tall Tales uh, movie from 95, yeah, John Henry was a dark-skinned black man. Okay. If you see The Rock, you're like, The Rock is not a... He's half Samoan. Yeah, so he has some undertones and so things like that. People are like, how dare you, Rock? <laughs> well, in one person, and this is what I mean, somebody on Twitter, who... Do I know this person? No. I should just care about everybody who tweets something and has an opinion, but she said the rock is is black when it's convenient and racially ambiguous when it's convenient. Well, that goes for most mixed stars. Right. But then the rock comes... That's that's just like Jessica Alba saying that she's more white than she is. Yeah. Well, it gets to, and I brought this up off air, it gets to the point of like how you define a particular race, it does become a bit absurd. Well, 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 but the thing was, she wasn't complaining about that other side of her heritage when it was helping her get parts. Because everybody's forgetting a lot of the parts that Jessica Alba got early in her career was because she had that exotic look, the exotic name. Right. Well, but this is what I mean is that it's, it's a bit absurd in the sense that how just if you go based on how people look just like a knee-jerk reaction what does this person look like number one you're not really getting into like why they want to do that role why they might be good for that role for instance the rock is producing it and wants to star in it of course because his father rocky johnson who was a black man yes taught him all this history and told him these tales and so this is like a childhood dream of the rocks going johnson to play john henry well, you and so because your mother is Samoan and like the the daughter or granddaughter of Peter Mayavia, the high chief of you know they, like, and all of a sudden you can't now. Well, wait, wait a minute, but it was people who had. Uh, if you've seen the Disney movie, which is a classic now, Moana, yeah. people had problems with him being in Moana. I was like, are you serious? Really? Who else could you have gotten to play that voice? He's but the rock. Moana. Yeah, exactly. Yo, my, my little niece still sings that song. That You're welcome song. I hate that song. But <laughs> she sings it like crazy. She loves it. But I don't know. You can't. And I, and I go back to what my granddaddy taught me very young. You can't. You will never please everybody. Oh, of course not. Ever. 
Well, and this is where I'm like, why do we get, why are we allowing Twitter and the so-called voice of the people to be the factor in everything? Maybe it's part of it. Part but, of a but, decision. But, but you know what the difference is? The How difference about just like right or wrong, independent of what the crowd or the mob thinks. I, I understand that. But see, the difference is, the difference from uh, back in the day to now is the, those people always had those opinions. Yeah. It's just they... They couldn't voice it. Yeah, you didn't have a thousand people that could just call you at one time and say, this is what I think. Didn't have the platform. I, yeah. Exactly. Now, like you say, you, you have voice to the voiceless. And... People pay attention. You know, when a thousand people are telling you, you suck. Right. You kind of start to believe it. But here's the thing. Number one, and this is why I'm skeptical of democracy, of what we mean by it is majority rules. Hmm. In anything, whether you're talking about especially political power. Oh, okay. Especially uh, political. Break, break, break it down for me now. Especially political break power. Break it down. I, I am much more a fan of, say, the Bill of Rights that says all men... And it should be all men, women, all human beings is what it, the I think the true spirit of it is. All human beings should, not necessarily has it happened all the way throughout the history, but the idea, ideally, all human beings should have these basic rights. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, to own land and property, mm-hmm. personal possessions, these sorts of now, things. Now, now. Not to be uh, falsely, you know, or accused... And then have to prove themselves innocent. No, they're presumed innocent because they're presumed free. Presumed free. The, and these ideas, I like, my point of view is this. Uh-huh. Is my favorite amendment is the Ninth Amendment. Is that just because we listed, say, the freedom of speech and the right to a jury trial, mm-hmm. all these other rights, doesn't mean that your rights stop there. This is not a, an exhaustive list. Your rights are as numerous your individual freedoms, because you are an individual free person, made in the image of likeness of God, is the idea back then. Mm-hmm. Then there's no way we could list all the potential now, ways you could use now, that now, freedom now, innate in you. Let me. I get, like that better. That I like that better as a restraint on government than a popularity contest. Who gets fifty percent or more? Okay. Because I think a fifty percent, a majority, can be just as tyrannical as a king or an emperor. So whether it's a king, an emperor, a queen, or the majority, you cannot violate these rights. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got you. Now, what I find funny is the people who wrote those very same rights, that they were trying to get, get away from England and stuff like that. Yet, at the same time, a lot of them were slave owners. Some were, yeah. Oh, very, very lot of them. A lot of them were continually sleeping with their slaves at the same time. Mm-hmm. While, while all this was been being written about freedom and all this stuff, which kind of sparked, you know, the slaves to ask the question, like, wait a minute, what is this freedom they keep talking about? They're trying to get away from England. Well, we're trying to get away from them. Right. Does it undermine the ideal of freedom? To an extent, it does because you're not practicing what you preach. Right, but it also, because they wrote that, it allowed people who were enslaved to go, hey, you're full of crap. Do you mean this or not? Yeah. And they fought for it. Yeah, but... That, that's, and slavery that, was ended. Amended. Well, slavery is still allowed, and in voluntary oh, oh, oh. servitude uh, as a crime. Oh, it's a punishment for a crime. 
Well, well, but but my whole thing is, is you're starting to sound like Kanye now. No, no, but but think think <laughs> about think about this. Instead of saying where's your freedom papers, you know what I say now? Hmm. License of registration. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you step out the vehicle for me? No, it's never a good sign. When you're oh, and I mean, this is my point: is that all those things, in my opinion, are a violation of individual liberty. But what has happened is a majority of people in a given municipality or state or the national government in the name of the people and the majority of the people have said we need to have laws against drugs even though before it took an amendment to even outlaw alcohol now just because this is a supreme court ruling in 1937 we can just vote to restrain any economic activity in particular drugs we're going to prohibit those altogether we don't need an amendment which took the idea of majorities and people voting and put a very high threshold. So if you wanted to, with the will of the people, enforce something and take away people's rights and liberties, it would have to be a lot of the people through a very long, arduous process, as opposed to an election in the midterms or a presidential election, which don't have as many restraints. And I understand it, but at the same time, you have to look at the quote-unquote war on drugs. Right, this is what I mean. No, no, number one, the war on drugs was crap because yes, what what they did during the during the seventies was they flooded the ghettos with with crack cocaine and all these mm-hmm. different drugs. Then waited to the eighties and was like, these drugs are illegal. Th- these are priority number one. Whoever has these type of drugs are gonna go to prison for no yeah. less than twenty five years. Yeah, mandatory which, minimums. Right. Which I thought was so stupid because for cocaine, you could get maybe. Three to five years, but for, for crack, crack, yeah, you got twenty five years. It was unreal. Oh yeah, but, unreal. But you talking about a gen, at least two to three generations of black and brown people who were put behind bars. No, and that is there has been a ridiculous discrepancy in the number of people who get arrested and put in jail. And let's just stick to arrest because there aren't too many people who are like you know low level possession. You're not going to jail for a long, long time. But depends on your city. And by every it, account, though, uh-huh. black and white people and Hispanic people, all sorts of different people, smoke pot at about the same rate. Yeah, about, about but the same. black and brown people get arrested more for it. Now we could ask why. I think that's interesting. Like, why is that happening? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it goes beyond just motivation. Like, why are more black and brown people getting caught? That could be one well, way to look no, at it. No. You you have to. Where look, are there other people looking the other way? Well, 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 no. What you have to consider is certain drugs appeal to certain people. Yeah. Like, if I bring up meth, does that usually associate with us? No. As but that us being black people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, meth is not looked at the same way as weed. As right. co- even though it's way more destructive than no, weed it's is. Pretty bad. Yeah. But it's not looked at the same. Well, I think you get a lot more time for meth than weed these days. Now, I'm just focusing on, and I agree, there has been a discrepancy in how things have been, like the drug war has been terrible. And back to my original point is that there have been many programs in this country's history that it has been the basis of a majority in power that is exploited other people. Of course. Of course. I, I can agree so with that. So that same government, like we say slavery is wrong, 
Yeah, that was a government institution of run course. by the southern governments and their damn majorities. It was. I, oh, 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 now, now let's not let's not get it twisted. Before that whole thing happened with Lincoln, the North was okay with it because North, because a lot patchwork. of the, a lot of the financial backing that the North got came from the South. Oh, but there's also interesting thing. Yes, and I, I agree. But there's also interesting things in the North, like Wisconsin. Okay. Wisconsin Supreme Court nullified. No, no, that's a dirty word when we look at like the how we're taught civil rights history. Mm-hmm. I get it, because the South wanted to nullify certain laws. But Wisconsin, their Supreme Court nullified the Fugitive Slave Act, federal law, and said, if you're a slave and you get to Wisconsin, we will not hand you over to the federal government. You're free. You're free if you come to Wisconsin. It is a true free state. That's awesome. You had other people that wanted the North to secede from the South. They wouldn't have anything. It's it's an interesting thing where I think the ideal of freedom is really what holds peoples together. If you want a true melting pot, if you want a true patchwork of different cultures that somehow mesh together even though they're different, and there are real differences out there. Some can be, I think most all of them can be bridged. Religious, racial, ethnic, cultural, whatever. If you hold liberty as your number one ideal, a lot of that can be bridged. And religion's the best example. Is that thousands of years we've had religious wars for the human race. Yes. I mean, we're still seeing this crap in the Middle East. Oh. Man. To a great extent. But Europe had hundreds and thousands of years of it. But, but And you, our founders realized if you give people religious freedom, it won't be always sunshine and lollipops. But as long as you tell the religions of the world, yeah, you can't run the government in an explicit fashion and say you must believe this doctrine in a particular way or else you know, we'll hurt you or imprison you or kill you. You take that off the table, what happens? You get a flourishing of religion and all different types of religion. And religion but, but prospers. That's, but that's also, on the, on the other side of that coin, that's also why we're having as many problems as we have. Because when you have a cultural melting pot like America, the great thing is, yes, you have this free exchange of ideas and this, this new world where, you know, anybody could come and make something of themselves. But when... Like the internet has proved, when you have a all-inclusive environment, you have people who are just not going to agree. Well, and that's fine not to agree. Uh, no, I, I think know. it is it's more than. And I think also, if you remove the idea that I can force you to do what I want off the table, disagreement's great. We can sit here and yell at each other and be as ornery as we want and as passionate as we want. But we know at the end of the day, it has to come down to persuasion. That you're not allowed to force me to do something, and I'm not allowed to force you? Yeah, that's true. You take that off the table, it it makes our a lot of our discussions better and more interesting, and you want to get passionate and disagreeable about it. But what happens in political discussions is everybody knows that at the end of the day, it's not really about the ideas or the truth. We've had this discussion before. It's about who gets that power to make their way the way that everybody's going to live. And when that's always in the back of your head, then people tend to get really aggravated. Yeah, because like like we also discussed, people don't like to lose. No, they don't. Well, it's almost at the end of the day, politics is about winning power. <laughs> well, and it's a beautiful thing. And, 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 and sex and money. And ter- well, yeah, power, <laughs> sex, and money. There it is. <laughs> yeah. 
No, and that's why if I ever run for president, that's mm-hmm. what I'm going to run on. I'm doing this for uh, sex, power, and money. And you'll win. Yeah, hopefully. Especially in the Trump era. <laughs> Joey Clark. Listen to the whole program. Check me out on iTunes. Just do me a favor. Go by iTunes. Hit the, the hit the subscribe button. Ooh, I know what this song's all about all too well. <laughs> and you're also on SoundCloud, aren't you? Yes. I'm really pushing iTunes. Just give the subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Even put down a review. I'm, I'm looking for that. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but I just showed you off air um, that video of a robot running. Running. Just doing parkour, like hopping up different boxes seamlessly. It's not like, oh, recalibrating, recalibrating, then jump. It was just like, it looked like a human being running. But but you know what? I don't know. It's, it's, it's like people does not do not get it. Like they were making movies like this back in the eighties with Terminator and Total Recall. Robots, if we're not looking looking out, robots will replace us. Yeah, completely. You know they're already doing it on the job mm-hmm. sites now. I mean, think of how many uh, assembly lines now are ninety eight percent automated. Now the argument goes, you'll need somebody to. Uh to build the robot. And then what happens when robots learn how to build themselves? You'll have to build those robots. Hey. Or you'll need the people to create the idea of what you, the robots need to do. But but see, the, and, the thing about... I mean, this is an old argument. It's yeah, been yeah. going back for... And maybe one day we'll figure out, like, there's too much... been too much innovation. But I'm, I'm all for, like, more automation... More intelligence in like manufacturing and creating. I don't think the point of an economy is to create jobs. I think the point of an economy is to give us things other people want and need for the lowest possible price, using the least amount of energy, these sort of things. Um, but when it comes to making where robots can run and jump and fire guns, oh, oh maybe okay. they live off of eating people. No. Oh, okay. That's but what, when I draw the line. But but what about the robot that can? actually hold a conversation with you. Facial expressions and all. That's pretty And freaky. make you forget it's a robot. That's pretty freaky. I, I agree. I, I think it's fascinating. 
It's this idea of, is there a certain level of innovation, or is there a certain type of knowledge that we as the human race should not try to uncover? Well, basically, in a nutshell... Certain things we should not know. No. In in history, it's proven that things go wrong when man tries to play God. Every movie that that started out that way with that premise, like, oh, we can create this, it usually goes wrong for a reason. Yes. But it's that search for more and more knowledge and more and more things and power... That sometimes you worry that, oh, it's kind of like nuclear weapons. Yes. Like, once that cat was out of the bag, it's like, damn. Well, well, the thing was, a lot of people don't know this, they discovered the nuclear weapons when they were looking for renewable sources of energy to replace gas, uh, gasoline. Hmm. And then they, they was like, wait a minute, if we put these two, they explode. And no, they explode yeah. violently. Huh, what would happen if we just made one big bomb of this and dropped it on something? Well, and like uh, Oppenheimer, and there are a few others, uh, scientists who worked on the Manhattan Project, who were like, we shouldn't be using these things. We shouldn't be doing this. This is wrong. And then there are other scientists like, hell is that? Well, let's do it. Let's keep going. Well, I mean, well because, because what was the motivation? Money, fame, power. Well... No, the motivation in that regard was we need to kill us some Nazis before they kill well, us. Well, well, that and the fact that you... That's the scariest motivation, though. Well, we must kill that group of people before they kill us. Because it's a motivation I think we can all understand. Of like course. they're coming to kill Su- us. Survival. we got to kill them. Yeah. But good God, in the, in the process of killing them, are we becoming the monsters we're destroying? It's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. One of those situations where yeah. it's very tough. To, and robots and artificial intelligence is that way. I, um, for all the press Elon Musk has made recently, his take on artificial intelligence is fascinating. He, I think the last thing I saw with Joe Rogan is he was saying it's too late. Well, well, we're this, too late on AI. Well, well, this is my thing. Artificial intelligence is amazing until we can't control it. Right. Right. Until the computer someday outsmarts us. What was that movie, Ex Machina? Yes. Yeah. That movie's freaky, man. <laughs> well, it makes me want to treat my machines better. <laughs> Go to your you microwave I mean? and just rub it before you uh, warm it up. Yeah, just, you know, give it a little pat. No, but that's the thing, too. It'd be so foreign. Like, we're learning more and more about human intelligence. It isn't just all up here in the head. Of course not. It's not just where we think of the brain. Like... You need to have a purpose and a function as a being, as an organism. Okay. So our sense of morality is somewhat tethered to what we are biologically. Our sense of what is right and true is tethered to how we, our senses work. And sometimes our senses can deceive us, and that's why we come up with things like math, high mathematics, and other methods of science in order to make sense of things that our senses deceive us on. But imagine another form of intelligence that doesn't have the same interest as we do. Like, we have a biological interest to have food, water, shelter, well, these sort of things, and the way we look at the world is done in a certain way. Imagine an intelligence that isn't tethered to a human body well, and what imagine, type of concerns it would have. Imagine an intelligence that doesn't have to fear death, mm. that knows that, you know, towards the end, I'm still going to be here. You're going to be gone. Right. 
Well, and there that, have that, been that, many movies about this. You know that I don't have to rush my work because I have a, I have many lifetimes to complete my work. Right. You only have one. Yeah. And well, maybe they see that you know, and this is the story of every movie, like Terminator or yeah, uh, or like Age of Ultron or whatever. It's like human and, beings are the problem. And uh, what was it? The Matrix. Yeah. One of the greatest. Oh, the Matrix is so good. Oh man. It came out not long ago. No, it was a while. The first Matrix? Like about nearly 20 years ago. Yeah. I know. I remember vividly my dad just on a whim Mm -hmm. was like, you know what, guys? And this had to be 99 or 2000. Yeah, it was late late 90s. I was like 11 or 12. Okay. This is after it came out in theaters, so I'm thinking it's 2000. And so I'm 11, 12 years old. And he looks at my brother and I and <clears throat> says, you know, I'm thinking of going to get a DVD player. Those were like brand new. Okay. And so he went and got a DVD player and he bought The Matrix to watch on it. And I'd never, re- I think I'd seen some R-rated movies without my folks knowing, but this is like the first officially sanctioned parental units say Joey can watch R-rated movie. And the first one was The Matrix on a brand new DVD player. And it was freaking awesome. I still love that movie to this day. Lawrence Fishburne, classic. Oh, it's so good. Morpheus. You you couldn't have got nobody else. What is it, the, the construct, where it's just like all white, him and Neo, like, yeah. hanging out there? Yeah, and it's like no. the, anything they want can pop up. Look, look he's, no, it's not real. No, let me out. <laughs> you know, and he's, he's like, oh, he's going to pop. Well, and I love the one thing that said where we tried to create a, a utopia but it, it kept breaking down. Because man needs struggle. Needs struggle, needs strife. And that's a fascinating thing for our modern age. Is I think the older I get, the more true that is to me. Or it seems true to me. That if you get all your life is just completely comfortable. Like all the, the best food and, you know, like all the, the senses. Lust. You know, we have a lot of sex and get intoxicated and eat the best food and Always be entertained with whatever form of well, entertainment. Well, 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 You're not necessarily going to be happy. Some of that stuff's great. Yeah, but along with taking on worthwhile burdens in life. Well, you you think about this. Adam and Eve didn't have a worry in the world. They stayed in Eden. They got what they wanted. They ate all day. They lived amongst the animals until they became self-conscious. And that only happened when they broke. The one rule they Brooke wasn't the dude's supposed to. Rule. Yeah. They ate that fruit, man. It was just one rule. Hmm. God was like, you can do whatever you want here. Well, but that just was one rule. the tree of uh, the knowledge of good and evil? See, no good and evil. And, and guess, and guess who means you have become self-conscious. Yep. And it's interesting that, again, that's the story of the Buddha as well. One of becoming more and more self-conscious. You know the story of the Buddha? The kind of the, the rough around the edges here. I'm just paraphrasing. But essentially, a king is told his son would either grow up to be a great ruler or a great religious figure. Okay. And so the father, the king, said, I want my son to become a great ruler. And so he built up in this palace every delight the boy could ever want. Like any pleasure, any form of knowledge, really, and he kind of kept him inside until one day the boy asked to go outside. And they're like, oh, we don't really want to do that. And he goes out and he sees, say, somebody who's really sick. 
and dying. Like, will that happen to me one day? The guy's like, yeah, that'll happen to you. Takes him back in. He's just struck by it. And there are multiple times he goes back out and he realizes that he can't stay in this artificially created world that's perfect. He becomes self-conscious not only of suffering outside the world, but that suffering could also be his. Now, now I and so see, he decides to become a great religious figure. Yeah, I've but, seen an a interesting story where these scientists have taught a gorilla mm. it's made them self-aware of well, it's made the gorilla self-aware that he'll die someday. Damn. And it's crazy because, you know, gorillas sign yeah. everything. And he went through a stage of depression. Yeah. Like, you know... That's the beginning Like, of... George is stupid. George would die one day. You know, and right. he was, like, really depressed. Right, and it's the number one struggle we always have. So remove that fear of death and that that struggle and imagine an artificial... An intelligence. You can't even call it artificial at that point. Imagine a self-sustaining intelligence that doesn't have the same fears of death that we human beings do. That... It's almost like a human being trying to talk to an ant at that point. Exactly. Like, it's it's freaky to think about, and I see it's always been the stuff of science fiction and movies or whatnot. But, but yeah, now yeah. it's becoming more and more reality. Well, well yeah, freaky that's just, stuff. And I told a lot of a lot of kids who I showed my little brother an old episode of The Jetsons, and he was laughing. And I was like, "See, we thought that was science fiction, but y'all look at the world today and." A lot of that stuff has happened. It's happened. It's a Jetson world. You know, I have, really I have a watch now that I don't have to answer my phone. I can just hit a button on my watch could and I, talk to wait, someone. Wait, you're telling me I could get a sex robot that looks like Rosie the Robot? It's coming. It's coming. Oh, it's coming. M- remember right. one, of my, one of the first shows I was on, we talked about this. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's see who's on the phone line here. Uh, no, nobody. See, this is the thing when we get going, and it's just like free-flowing conversation. Oh, yeah. And, like, one of the uh, first conversations we had was about the sex robots and how real they look. And we- oh, see, I don't want a realistic-looking one. I want one that looks like Rosie the Robot from the Jetsons. Nah. Yeah, man. No, dude. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. No, most not actually into that. I, 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 I was getting ready to say most joke. most dudes are into robots that look like I don't know Jennifer Lawrence, Margot mm. Robbie. See, that's coming. Yeah, it's just weird. No, that's coming. I don't think it's very fulfilling. That's what I would say about that. Yeah, you're gonna have fun, and then you're gonna feel really gross. No, I, I guess it. there are people that are so like they've layered it on so thick. Well, well, in their be- own better disgusting. That, be- better that than them stalk these stars and kill them, like some of the stars of the past have died from. Well, but then this is the thing. It comes back to the lesson: self consciousness being conscious of what you are in your status that it is a curse and a blessing so the knowledge of good and evil is a curse and a blessing i think it is a liberation though it allows you to achieve greater heights it allows you to find happiness you never could have thought you could have ever even imagined beforehand but it also means you're constantly plagued by worry and woe what the future will hold and the and world's problems yeah you constantly and how by much the of a problem uh, how much of a beast how much of a monster you can be as much as you also can be a savior sometimes people go too far into that uh, I was about to say the old Superman line uh everyone loves a hero but they like more to see a hero fall mm. which is always true yeah it comes in cycles so I just hope we're not having to deal with like robot overlords. Seems like a bit much to handle. Hey. I might say, just like, what is it? Is it Cypher in the Matrix? Is that his name? 
Where he's like, yeah, I want to be plugged back in. Yeah, just I'm, I'm going to betray everybody, you know. I wonder what steak takes. He's making he rich he, with a you know yeah with a with a good looking girlfriend or something, and he sold him out. Of course, they killed him. That's right. He yeah, died. but I don't want to sell him out. <laughs> I think it's worth taking on the burdens. Every group has their sellouts, though. Oh, of it's called Judas. Yes. Thirty pieces of silver. I appreciate you joining me, man. Oh, anytime, man. I appreciate you for having. Me. Well, I'll be back tomorrow night, folks. We got Toya in the studio. You want to join tomorrow night? Oh, sure. Okay, we're talking about Fed Moms. Uh-oh. A little bit of her time. Um, they're putting out a casting call for any other moms in the River Region area have been incarcerated, now out. It's an important subject, actually. Yeah, it is. It is. So we'll be talking about that tomorrow night. Until then, ta-ta. Thank you. Joey Clark. 